Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio episode 146 with Alex Fergus. Well, it's not the hour in the gym. It's the 23 hours outside of the gym that are more important. With the power of technology and all these tools, we can now look at those 23 hours. You know, some people need accountability so we can check in with them. Some people need to be told that something's breaking or it's not. Wow, you know, some people think they only need four or five hours of sleep and then all of a sudden they're, they're getting the bad data all the time. Yeah, we have all the tools, we have the power. So I was like, well, why not tap into it? What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. On this podcast, we're bringing you an exclusive interview in our Stand Tall series with IntelliSkin live from the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference with world-renowned health coach, fitness expert, and CEO of Alex Fergus Coaching, none other than Alex Fergus. Now, this episode is for you if you've been curious about tracking either with a Fitbit or your phone or even a new ring technology called the Aura, which Alex and I talk about in depth so we can cut to the chase on how to actually use tracking to get optimal health. And what I really like most about Alex, well, besides he's one of the coolest people I've ever met from New Zealand, he's always looking for the truth. This is a no-nonsense, no-fluff kind of guy. I know you're going to enjoy his take on the key pillars of health that really apply to all of us, specifically around sleep, which we can all use more of. And before we get into the show, I'm reminding you how important it is to boost your immune system during the holidays. Well, every day. This life's so fast-paced. When we're living our max with the full schedule and workouts and stress and everything else the world throws at us, our immune system is working overtime and needs some support. This is why we partnered with my hometown superfood company, Organifi, who's created the best green juice on the planet. But the cool part is... It's not actually juice. Juice, specifically fruit juice, tends to be loaded with sugar. And let's be real, taking apart your Jacqueline 17-piece chrome suitcase every day and scraping off apple mash from the steel grate is pretty much the last thing I feel like doing in the morning. So to make it easy, pick up some Organifi green juice powder which keeps its immune system supporting nutrients intact through their gently drying process. And because you listen to the show, here's what you get 20% off 20 on the entire website over at Organifi.com, all you have to do is enter code WellnessForce at checkout. And the best part is you get all the adaptogenic and nutrient-dense micros like chlorella, spirulina, turmeric, ashwagandha, and a ton more. So give your body some love while you save some money and practice self-love today. Just enter your special discount code WellnessForce at checkout over at Organifi.com. So now coming up on the show, we're learning from Alex how he overcame his own GI problems and reclaimed his health, how we can use wellness technology like Aura as a mirror of mindfulness, and how some technology can help us become even more aware than if it wasn't there so that we can live the best life we possibly can and connect those correlations between our habits and our health. Also, make sure you head over to the show notes page at wellnessforce.com forward slash 146 if you're interested in picking up this cool new ring or gave us 10% off for all your health tracking test drives. Okay, not one second more. Let's drop in with Alex Fergus. Do you have the capability to have a cow? Like, could you have an Alex Fergus cow? Yeah, that's the plan. I want to get some land and have a house cow, have the chickens and the garden. But at the moment, we're really lucky. So in New Zealand, you can get raw milk direct from the farmer. There's the, the rules aren't as strict as over lucky here. Lucky bastard. And it's, it's pretty cheap as well. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Man, you know, the thing with the rules in California, too, it's like we have a lot of rules around health that are really based on not making people healthy. They're based more on the current ivory towers that don't want to let go of their profit shares. No. Yeah, I don't know, big, believe Big what? shocker, right? But where you live, it's totally different there where you live. Would you say they're more, Alex, like health-focused there? Or? Look, it's not as strict as America. Australia is, is quite PC and quite bad and... New Zealand is a little bit more relaxed, but, you know, we're influenced by you guys. And yes. Big Pharma, Big Ag, all those big players are making their way down there as well. Thankfully, we don't have, um, we don't have any GMO down there, yeah. which is huge, even though they're always talking about it, which would be very scary. But that's a big one, right? You know, because we don't have all the GMO crops, the seed oils and all that stuff. And the Roundup and then, you know, so that's a big plus. But we get so much rain, so we get so much grass and we have so much dairy products and meat products and we're kind of fortunate in that regards you know well it seems like for new zealand it's almost a world within a world within a world it's kind of like its own island in the middle of a world that it created you have your own personality your own way of speaking were you born and raised there in new zealand yeah so i grew up in new zealand i was there until i was 20 21 got a job at in sydney at Deutsche Bank, a big investment bank. Oh, was that fun? Yeah, I was tempted by the devil for a few years there. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't fun. In fact, on the internship, so I did a two-month internship, and I remember calling my dad like two or three weeks in, and my dad was kind of a manager at a, at a meatworks back in New Zealand. So, you know, uh, he'd been there all his life, like working away at it. And I, two or three weeks into this job, right, and uh, I was like, this isn't me. I'm, I'm yeah. going to quit. He's like, it's a two-month job. Like, hold on for the two-month internship. So I was like, all right. Left the internship, went back to New Zealand to finish my degree. And that was when the GFC hit, you know, 2008 kind of thing. Yeah, and then Deutsche Bank called me off a few weeks later, like, hey, we've cut the grad program. We're still taking on a few grads. You are one of the ones we've picked. You know, it's like a full-time job. We'll relocate you to Sydney, travel the world, doing like jazz, starting salaries, really good. Just finish your degree. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, I don't really want to go back there. But at the same time, I'm not going to get a job anywhere, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so <laughs> I continued going down the path. This is fascinating because you were getting like this financial growth, but you were kind of in a way almost, Alex, I'm feeling from you committing spiritual suicide. I mean, at the time, it, I, I kind of knew it wasn't right because it wasn't really me and I had other interests elsewhere, specifically like fitness or performance and, and sports performance. But I needed a job, right? And I was young, I was you know, single. It was an opportunity to travel go to sydney which i loved they paid me to go over there we're going to europe for two months like i was like oh, why yeah, not yeah and then it's look, very alluring look, yeah right like tempting huh and especially what you're like 20 years old yeah, at this time totally. 20 21 I mean, that's sexy when you're exactly 20. right in corporate you got the suit you know it's cool and um but yeah looking back i don't know how deep you want to go with this, but i i definitely was a lot more closed-minded and not really open to things yeah. around the world and, and how the world worked and all that. But I still knew somewhere inside me something wasn't quite right. But anyway, um, I soon realized when I got to that job, I was like, you know what? They pay a bonus out on this date. I'm going to leave the day after that. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm going <laughs> to part-time. I didn't tell anyone. I was just studying fitness, like health and fitness part-time. Yeah. And I built an escape plan. And uh, yeah, the day I got the bonus, the next day I quit. And people were like, what the hell? You didn't even finish your grad program. We're going to Asia next month. Like, what? Hang on for Asia type thing. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. This was a huge shift. By the way, we're at the 2017 Bulletproof Conference. I'm talking with Alex Fergus. 
from alexfergus.com. Alex has obviously a passion for health and wellness, but Alex, when did you have the issues that you went through? You had some gut issues. You would not always be the picture of health that I'm sitting next to right now. We're going to look on Facebook too. We'll do a quick Facebook Live. We're at the Aura booth, which by the way, I would love to chat with you about the sleep tech on the Aura booth. But man, when you talked about these thresholds you went through, Alex, is that where the gut health really started? I'd say it was a combination of things. Like I was always into my sport, 14, 15 at high school. You know, I signed up for every sport I could and I just loved sports. I, I never partied. I never had girlfriends or anything like that. It was just training. That's all I did. Uh, Wait, for your whole adolescence? Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, until, I mean, yeah, like seriously though, it was just training and, and competition. Like, like a New Zealand version of Rocky. You said it. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was always training and then I used to play rugby. And then at the end of my high school, going into university days, I was into rowing. So uh, I think you call it crew over here. Yeah. yeah. I was obsessed with that and it was just training like 12, 15 times a week, like two hour sessions. And the worst thing was I was a lightweight, right? So I was 72 kilos, which is 140, 150 pounds, right? And when I was younger, that was okay. But then I kept growing and I had to diet all the time, right? Because I had to stay out of the weight. So a combination of excessive training, dieting all the time, the stresses and everything, that started. That, that planted the seed. Okay. And then that kind of that brainwashing around health and fitness and avoiding fat and all that, right? You do that during your probably most important years in terms of growth and that where you're always on a low-fat diet and doing all that silly stuff. A couple of years later, it kind of just caught up with me. And uh, I, I, I was pretty sick. And uh, I don't mean vomiting fever sick. It yeah. was, you know, 24, 25-year-old guy with no libido, no energy. The weekends, he just wanted to sit on the couch. You said on your Facebook page that your testosterone levels were abysmally low. 24, 25, and it was really bad like to the point where you were waking up and there was like no greeting seriously yeah yeah for for a couple years i didn't realize that that should have been happening so tracing it back what was it man why was the t so low the chronic training because rowing right we were doing two trainings a day five days a week and then a weekend we were doing racing regattas now rowing training is intense especially in new zealand new zealand's got a really good rowing culture but the coach who, who drives that and he's a very successful coach he's all about pushing, 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 and just whoever's left will take them kind of thing. So you get thrashed. And I'm talking like two, two-hour rows, you know, and then you go home for a few hours and you come back in the evening and you're doing sprints after like high intensity. What are you eating right? for all this Well, training? that was the problem. Because I had to keep my weight under, I wasn't eating. I was waking up in the morning, four or five wow. o'clock in the morning. I was doing those two-hour rows with nothing. Maybe half a banana if my mate had a banana. And then I'd get home and yeah, so, so if you want to know the root cause... That's where it started. And then that mindset of, I can't get fat, I should avoid fat, all those sort of things over the years. I mean, Jesus. Uh, in a way, I'm glad it all happened yeah. so early in my age because if it is happening now, oh man, I'd be in a deep, deep hole. You know? yeah, and now you serve so many people online through your website. People trust you for information, not just around digital health, but I believe really when I look at your work, man, it's all things wellness. You understand all those aspects, but it came, Alex, from your journey of nutrition, movement, sleep, like trying to figure that out yourself over the past 10 years, what's been some of the gems you've pulled from your own journey in eating, moving, and sleeping? Like what are those three looking like for you now compared to what they look like for you in your 20s? Oh, it's radically different. Uh, Okay, so sleep, I prioritize sleep, you know, huge. Uh, Back then I didn't really care about sleep and I always struggled with sleep. So, you know, if there's a dinner, I'll try and make the dinner earlier. I'll try to say, hey, let's do a lunch instead. How early is the dinner? 
oh, you know, instead of like a nine o'clock dinner, I'll be like, hey, let's do six or something, you know, yeah. 6.30 or something like that. Not that I go out much, but, you know, just little things like that. I, I, just, I just know I want a good night's sleep. Or mornings, you know, I, when I was still personal training in the gym, I cut all my 5 a.m.s and then a few months later, I cut all my 6 a.m.s and then I didn't take on any 7 a.m.s just so I could have that time. To, so that, that's a huge one. Just prioritizing that and appreciating that eight hour, 10 hour window is, is my time and I want to sleep. So that's a big thing. Food-wise, yeah, wow, I, far out. we could talk for, for days. It could be an entire so podcast on I, I won't food. get into too much detail there, but obviously, you know, all the misconceptions around, like, low-fat, the salt, all that stuff, you know, grains and all that. Like, I mean, I'm here at Bulletproof Expo, uh, so most people here are well up to speed on that front. So, yeah, I, again, I won't go into too much detail there, but it's, it's just back to the basics. Like, lots of quality food, meat, seafood, bone broth as well, like, going beyond the traditional food of just meat and veg now yeah. I'm getting the bone broth the organ meats you know things that I didn't grow up with but now I realize are important so yeah that's the food do you think it's possible when we talk about the food to have someone eat more of a paleo or ancestral health framework if they are a vegan or a vegetarian when you look at the healing benefits of this uh, the actual bone broth you're talking about these organ meats all the things that have these really high purine contents they're healing for the body what do you believe is possible from a vegetarian or a vegan standpoint when we look at this ancestral framework? All right. So I think you can do it as a vegetarian. Yeah. You, can, you can probably scrape by. Vegan, I, yeah. I mean, I... And look, you know, people are probably going to be like, oh, well, this person's still... No, go for it, man. We just want the truth. All right, yeah. I think vegan, vegan dieting is far from optimal. And I think based on my own experiences and my research and everything I now know about food and wellness and everything, I think... It's not a long-term approach. The amount of people I've worked with who have been vegan and have had a lot of health issues. I had one client, for instance, who was vegan and she wanted to get into powerlifting. I used to do a bit of powerlifting, right? So she came to me for that and she just couldn't get stronger, you know, just despite all the, the training tweaks and everything, we just couldn't get stronger. And one day I finally said, look, write a food diary, you know, just write down what you're, you're eating because she was raw vegan, right? Like really strict. Anyway, she was eating like 40 grams of protein a day. And I'm, I'm like, you know, you, you train as a powerlifter. And then I was like, just have some eggs or something. And she's like, oh, I'll do it through nuts. But then, of course, she was getting all those gut issues. And I'm like, well, you know what I mean? I, it's just, I don't know. I, yes. To be honest, it's not something that I really explored deeply. And it doesn't appeal to me. I, I just doesn't. I, I grew up on a farm. My dad grew up hunting and fishing. I go hunting and fishing. You know, it's, it's not something I would do. But... Maybe it's possible, but from my experiences and understanding, I don't think it's a good way to achieve the best health on a long-term scale. So when someone comes to work with you, I mean, what kind of people are attracted to your style of work? What's really cool is that you and I both met Nudge Coach when they first started. This is like three years ago, and I remember when we met at PaleoFX, we were like looking at each other thinking, ah, you were there when it all started, like this digital health craze. Everyone, I believe right now in health, fitness, and wellness is trying to in some way get data and then make data and actionable coaching get married. Uh, you did this three plus years ago. When did you actually start, Alex, in the digital health coaching field using wearable data to elicit behavior change for people? Yeah, we were um, pioneers, weren't we? And we probably still are. Like, I'm I, still, think so. I don't think a lot of people like, know about this. Why not tap into it? It's crazy. We've got all these gizmos and gadgets and iPhone apps and everything. It's like all this data is there and all these coaches are working with people around the world. You know, utilize it. So uh, my background, I've always been a, a computer geek and my degree was in information systems, project management. So I was always around computers and I love technology, 
but I also love health and fitness and performance, right? So for me, I just started using all these devices and tools to quantify my own training. And to be honest, this kind of is what has driven me in the whole health thing. Like I want to be healthier. I want to be a better performer. Call me selfish, but it's true. And as a result of all of those rabbit holes have gone down, like now I can pass it on to clients. So yeah, yeah bringing it back, like I was using these technologies and devices to improve me. And then I realized with my clients in the gym, I was still doing face-to-face, they should be using them. And then from there, I was like, well, because of technology, I can now help. Actually, what happened is a client from Sydney moved to Melbourne. And he was like, hey, I want to keep working with you. I was like, uh, and I was like, well, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then I realized, well, that opens up a whole new world of yeah. everyone. So I've got clients all around the world now. So there are tracking sleep, which is so important, you know, movement, uh, um, using the aura ring, which I love, by the way, is, you know, you've got respiration rate, heart rate variability, all those sort of data points. And not everyone cares about them, but as a coach, you know, it's so useful. And, and giving that feedback to someone who might be saying, oh, no, sleep's fine. I'm like, well, no, it's not. I can, I can see the data here. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people that are naysayers around tech, like how do you actually create some kind of human connection in lieu of the technology? How do you do it with the technology? A lot of people think that you have to meet physically with a coach in a gym to actually get a coaching result. But you and I both, you especially with all the work you're doing, you have found that it's the opposite. You can use the technology to elicit check-ins with people. You actually built your own custom solution for this actual problem of people moving around and you still wanting to see how are they showing up? What does their sleep actually look like? What does their activity actually look like? How sedentary and active are they? All these different parameters, man. Go over the points that you coach people on that you think are most beneficial. Again, used to be a personal trainer, so it was all about like how many reps you could do, how many push-ups you could do, right? Back in the day, sort of monitoring calories in, calories out. And that, that was the scope of my knowledge and, and, and what I brought to the customer, right? And Eat then, less and move more. Yeah, totally, yeah. right? And over time, I realized, well, some of the people following the low-calorie diets weren't losing weight. Some of the people training so much weren't getting stronger. So... And that's when I had my own health problems and when everything started to come together. And, and that's when I realized, well, it's not the hour in the gym. It's the 23 hours outside of the gym that are more important. And that's where these wearables and technology can help out. So that's when I was like, well, I need to know what's going on in those 23 hours. And uh, I, I want to know what they're eating. I, I want to know how their sleep is. And it sounds a bit uh, big brotherish, but, um, you know, like... The data is there, so it's like your data is available, so use it and then educate the client just how I learned and had my own sort of awakening. And then, yeah, using the tools and then like you said, I, I ended up building my own app and platform to help bring all this data together. So now, you know, I've got, got clients, Asia, Europe, America, Oceania, sort of all around the world and I can sit there and pull up all their data and get on a call with them or send them an email and be like, look, your meals are great. I can tell the sleep's rubbish. We're going to fix on that. You know, let's catch up in six weeks or like next week or six days time or something. With the power of technology and all these tools, we can now look at those 23 hours. Yep. We can, depending on the client, you know, some people need accountability so we can check in with them. Some people need to be told that something's breaking or it's not, well, you know, some people think they only need four or five hours of sleep and then all of a sudden they're they're getting the bad data all the time. So maybe something's not right here. So yeah, we have all the tools, we have the power. So I was like, well, why not tap into it? And that's kind of where I merged my background using technology and all these tools. It's the perfect blend. I mean, you have the perfect blend of computer science and health and fitness knowledge. And so what do you see when people are actually going through these cycles of learning? I mean, is there a few things that come up? Like, is it typically sleep? Let's be real. Is it typically the sleep or is it the time sedentary versus active? Or is it the training load? What's kind of the lowest hanging fruit for most people 
that they can start to adjust and that you can help them monitor through tech? So I like to explain to my clients, like, it's all about stress balance, right? I use a bucket of water with holes in it analogy. So the size of the bucket is your health, like your stress resilience. The water coming in from the tap is your stress load, okay? And then the holes in the bucket are the, you know, recovery techniques, right? Okay, and, and I'll, I'll use a diagram and I'll send this off to, a, to clients when I'm explaining it. And I'll say to them, like, a lot of clients come to me for fat loss and things, right? And they're all about go, 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 more training, more training, less food. And then I'll, I'll turn them around and be like, look, let's just focus on health and kind of educate them that, like, fat loss is a byproduct of health almost, right? So it's like, look, let's take a bigger picture of you. Let's focus on the health and then the fat loss will come. And then the next thing is, all right, well, how do we fix the health? And that's when I get into the stress. And then so going back to the bucket. So it's like, all right, you've got this bucket. All this water is coming in. And that water can be from travel, emotional stress, financial stress, environmental stress, mold in the room, Wi-Fi, cell towers, all that sort of stuff. Chronic illnesses, gut dysbiosis, like we were talking about before. Training. People don't understand that, right? Like I work with a lot of corporates and they're kind of like, you know, I've had a long day, uh, crazy meetings. uh, I had an argument with my wife. I need to go to the gym. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you should go home and have a nap or go you know, get a massage or something. So I explained to them how that, all those things are stresses and they're coming into the body. And then the outflow, the holes in the bucket, you need to maximize those, right? So, and you've got to keep that in balance. And if you don't, then of course that bucket's going to overflow and that's where you have health problems and everything like that. So- I love the fact that you said fat loss is a byproduct of health. That is actually flipping the script, Alex, because most people seek out the fat loss first. Totally. How do you narrate totally. that conversation around that? It's very, very difficult because sometimes like I've been through so much, right? With my own health journey, this is what I do. It's what I'm passionate about. I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm hanging out with people like self and you know, like that, that's what I do. And then sometimes I forget that people are still eating their white bread bagels, skim milk, soy milk, egg white omelets in the name of health, right? Like, yeah. you know, so you've got to go right back to the basics and, and literally start with those basics. And I actually do that. I have like a little course when, when a client comes to me I'll put them on this course and it's a week by week topic and I explain to them that it's the way I learnt it's one little thing at a time there's my content on it like I'll do a bit of a you know spiel about it then I'll link to some books and some podcasts and documentaries and then they can go away and learn about that so it might be gluten right and then they can watch the what's with wheat docker and they can read the book if they want to and they can just learn about it and be immersed in that world for like a week or two or however long it takes and then next week we're, we might look at saturated fat and then because some of these people were still so far it's crazy I mean you're, you're working with well educated people and I'm like there's such a disconnect and it's not a fault of theirs it's just the world the, the society we live in they're so, swimming in so much info yeah right and it's confusing and they're reading the magazines and everything changes so what I do is I, I just spend a lot of time on the education piece and on the empowering them because I found like you can give someone a protocol and say, follow this diet, follow this training program. And, you know, depending on the person, they might follow it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And then, of course, they'll come off it and they go back to the old ways. If they got results, maybe they'll stick with it a bit longer or they'll eventually slip back. But what I've found is if you can educate them, if you can teach them, like awaken them in a way, yeah. then all of a sudden, they don't need those protocols. They don't need those maps. They know now when they go out to uh, brunch or whatever, they're not getting the egg white omelet with the soy milk. This is exactly what we talk about on the podcast, Alex. It's really like discovering this continued learning, man, of this physical and emotional intelligence. What you're talking about is all these people are swimming in a sea of information, right? They come across your info. You're actually linking to sources that you've done the diligence on. You personally have looked at these peer-reviewed studies. You personally have actually done the work and vetted out kind of the bullshit 
so these people can trust you. So what are the common misconceptions specifically around sleep? A lot of people dive into sleep. They don't use any wearable. I'd love for you to tell us, man, your experience with Aura. You're one of the key guys that is actually working with Aura on the coaching platform. Tell us about sleep, man. Like, what are the misconceptions about sleep? I think sleep right now is probably as big of a topic as the ketogenic diet. Uh, but what do you believe is the misconception around sleep? How much do we need? How much do we not need? Uh, what do you think about that, man? If there's only one takeaway from this whole conversation, it should be just focus more on sleep, like prioritize sleep. And in fact, like I truly believe that if someone fixed their sleep and had quality sleep and kept the same diet and everything else, they'd probably start turning their health around. Like just with that one change alone, like that's how powerful it is. Forget about, you know, fad diets and supplements, fix their damn sleep. So anyway, misconceptions. The first one is a lack of understanding of how important it is. I was in Olympic training camps, like development camps kind of thing in my, in my youth, like the goal was the Olympics and all that. Like I was super serious about my sport, right? We, were, we had all the supplements. We had all uh, the fancy coaches and the training bikes, all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, training programs and everything. Told what to eat, which is all wrong anyway. But we never focused on sleep. You know, like it's like, why? At an Olympic it's, training facility? Well, it was kind of like the development. I, I, I was never It was like a the, pre-camp. Yeah, it was like, okay. you know, they sort of monitored you and caught up with you every few weeks. and stuff. But my point is, I was obsessed with performance and I wanted to be the best of the best, right? And this is what I did. I spent my spare time. Even at university, I was doing electives in sports science and stuff because, you know. So at that age, wanting to be that person, I knew so much about diet, which again, most of it was wrong. I knew so much about training. I was spending all this money on supplements and stuff. I didn't care about sleep. And it's like, why the hell not? And then I see that now with everyone. Like, I have clients come to me, corporates, and they're like, I need to lose weight. Uh, I signed up for this boot camp. I'm taking this fat burner. I'm following the ketogenic diet. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, how's your sleep? I'm like, oh, sleep, what? <laughs> it's like you know the I mean? missing yeah, element. It's like, all right, well, so yeah, to answer your question, the misconception, the, the biggest one is that lack of understanding. Yeah. In my education sort of series, when, when a client comes to me, I spend a couple of weeks on sleep, like over a few months, you know, we do the benefits of sleep. And, and the amount of people that come to me are like, wow, I never knew that like sleep was so important. <laughs> it's almost like in our current paradigm, we're all so busy and everyone's doing so much mm -hmm. that it's almost a luxury. Doc Parsley talked about this on the podcast, right? It's a luxury to give yourself permission to just go to sleep. And you know what's yeah. interesting, Alex? These supplement programs, these training programs, even a gym membership, all those things cost money and take up your time. But sleep, <laughs> sleep is free. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody's charging you to go to bed, right? But yeah. what do you think is the roadblock, though? I believe it's more of a mental roadblock. When yep. I was looking at sleep data through Fitbit, I found that it was fairly accurate. When I look at what Aura's doing, and I see the sleep cycles and how, how just detailed it is over the course of time, have you seen Aura Ring in comparison to Fitbit be something that people can really trust to elicit that long-term behavior change and honestly give that permission to sleep? I have. I've experimented with a few wearables, and that was always the concern early on, like, you know, you wake up in the morning and it said you were awake five times. And I was like, well, I don't think I was. Or it said you were asleep all night and you knew you were awake for an hour. And you're kind of like, oh, how reliable is it? And of course, you know. What that, do I do now? That inaccuracy kind of, you, you discredit the whole app and the, the technology. That was at a point where I, I didn't really recommend clients for those reasons. Because it was kind of like, I wanted to know about their sleep, but I knew it wasn't that accurate. And so the Aura Ring changed that because it is very accurate around sleep. So now as a coach, I can tap into that information and be like, all right, well, you actually did get X amount of hours sleep, but I see that you're not getting any REM sleep and you're waking every 90 minutes. All right, let's, let's go off and do a sleep apnea test. You know what I mean? Like it gives the coach a lot more power. But what I found now is the patient or myself or my client or whoever wakes up in the morning and they see the data and they're like, 
yeah, that, that matches. You know, there's no, there's no whatever, kind of you brush it off. Because of that now, then all of a sudden, the client's seeing a realistic snapshot of their sleep and they see how bad it is and they see, oh man, you know, even the app's telling me it's bad. So it's like, it's like this other voice of, yeah. of and it's crazy because I'm a coach. People pay me as a coach for my advice. My family, friends and stuff, won't listen to what I say, you know. That's always it's, the case, right? right? Okay, and it's that like, is always oh. the case. And then guess what happens? They'll see some silly thing on the news or in their latest magazine about how sleep's so important. They'll be like, oh, Alex, did you know sleep's so important? It's like, oh my God, whatever. <laughs> but like, guess what I'm saying there is sometimes it takes that external voice to, to you know, yeah. maybe I can plant the seed and just put it in there and then all of a sudden it's someone else that comes along. And if that's an app, great. If it's a friend, a family, a magazine, great. But that's what I do like about the app. It's like, the ordering app, like it is showing them what's going on and what's going bad and what's going good. So, yeah, I, I think we've gone off on many tangents there, but... Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that we're at the Aura booth now and we're in what they call the chill zone. Yeah, yeah. It's I the did. only booth at this entire event. Well, actually, no. I saw there was another booth by the front and there were people sleeping with blankets. Yeah, but this right. is one of maybe two booths where you're giving people permission to just relax and chill out. If someone's not getting enough REM... If they're looking at their data and like, ah, I realize that like, yeah, I'm getting all this light sleep, but I'm not getting enough restorative sleep. Is it typically caffeine like too late in the day? Like what's the cause of not getting enough REM? Many variables going on there. So caffeine's a big one. Uh, alcohol as well. Like some people were extremely sensitive. I was talking to someone yesterday and he said, it's crazy. Like if I have my one glass of wine with dinner, my REM sleep just takes a big hit that night. It's different for everyone, and that's why the app is so good because you can kind of see these patterns and correlations emerge. And I hear there's going to be an update coming out where you'll be able to sort of make tags on certain days. You know, like today I had alcohol, and then over time you'll be able to see correlations, yeah. which, which will be absolutely amazing. People don't want to look at that, though, because no. that means they'd have to stop drinking their wine. <laughs> I, I want to look at that as a coach yeah. and, and as a biohacker myself. But yeah, I mean, REM sleep, so stimulants, breathing. Breathing, I found, is a big one. So I've been playing around with like mouth taping for the last year or two, uh, using the nostril expanders, like the turbines and stuff. And, and, um, when you say mouth taping, you mean physically putting tape on your mouth. Mm -hmm. What's the point of that? It forces you to breathe through the nose um, so you don't get the dry mouth. And then the nervous system shift to yeah. the parasympathetic? Yeah. It's something that I learned about early on, or about a year or two ago, and I was like, I'm going to try that. My sleep has improved so much more as a result. And I've never taken a deep dive into it yet. It's one of those things that like the way I do it with my blog is I'll immerse myself in one topic for a couple of weeks yeah. and I'll learn everything and then I'll put an article out and then I'll move on to something else. So it's kind of, at the moment, I'm like, I know there's something to it because I've seen it and I've seen it with my clients, but I don't know all the science and all that sort of stuff to explain it. Saying that, I was sitting here yesterday just chilling out and um, one of the Aura team guys was talking to a dentist who is a snoring expert and he was all for like nose breathing and, and mouth taping um, and, you know, jaw realignment and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. how, like you said, how it completely changes your, your sympathetic, uh, parasympathetic state. Like it's not just all oh, waking up with a dry mouth. It's, it's everything. And so, for instance, I had one client, her aura ring data was coming through and every sort of 90 minutes, which is kind of like a typical sleep cycle, she was waking up. All right. And so she was waking up about seven times a, a night started with the mouth taping 
And now she started waking up like gasping for air, almost choking. You know, so, so by the way, mouth taping, look into it a little bit before you go out right. and tape Don't your Don't go tape up. your mouth right now. Listen yeah, to the yeah. podcast. And, and but you, explore it. Explore it, yeah. And yeah. you can actually get a gel that um, you just moisten with your tongue and it opens up because, you know, like sometimes it can be a bit scary when you wake up in the night. <clears throat> gasping okay. for air. Okay. Um, but anyway, so she started that. And yeah, the first few nights she was waking up and she'd ripped it off like unconsciously or she'd wake up like <laughs> suffocating, ripping it off. And um, it took her a few weeks to kind of retrain her to like breathe through the nose, you know. And then all of a sudden we saw it in the sleep, uh, the ordering score. Like she wasn't waking up all the time. She was staying in that deep sleep cycle longer. And so she went off and did a sleep apnea test. She had mild sleep apnea. So this, it's like a tool that gives you all this information, gives you a coach information. It's cool information as well if you're into the gadgets and geeky sort of data. But then all of a sudden it can... And I probably shouldn't say this. I'm not going to say it, actually. But it can, it can suggest maybe there's other issues. <laughs> well, you can with. say whatever you want, man. This is wellness for us. You can go anywhere. Because it's not a medical tool, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why they'll never say it can diagnose sleep apnea or whatever. But it, it sure. can give clues. And then maybe from there, if you're working with a coach, maybe the coach can be like, hey. Yeah, Alex, this is how I've always defined digital health and wellness tech. It's little mirrors of how we're showing up. It's little mirrors of mindfulness, whether it's sleep or activity or anything else. You're just reminded by seeing your data, ah, that's actually how I'm showing up in my life. These are truly my health behaviors. Would you say that the data never lies? It's just another tool, right? Like, I think you'd be silly to rely 100% on these data, like the, the apps and stuff. Um, you know, looking at HRV, heart rate variability, and, you know, how it might spit out saying you shouldn't train today. Um, you know what I mean? Like, but you might feel a million bucks. Uh, use it, but... Um, the body knows best, I guess, right? And actually what I try and do with all my clients and even myself as well is I'm trying to get the person, the, the individual to become reconnected to the body. You know, we'll talk about appetite and leptin resistance and all these sort of things and saying how the body will tell you when it's hungry type thing. Like just because you're conditioned to eating, you know, six meals a day doesn't mean the body needs that or whatever it may be, you know. So a lot of what I'm doing is just trying to, get the, the individual back in tune with their body. And that's where the app can help them because it, it can, you know, they might wake up thinking, oh, I feel a bit flat. And then the app's showing, yeah, you had a really bad sleep. It's like, okay, well, this is what it feels like. Maybe that's a bad example because that's quite obvious. But you know sure. what I mean? It's like uh, if you're learning to drive a car and you go out on your own and you have no speedometer, you have no driving instructor, it's just you like, shit, I took that corner way too fast. You know, I nearly killed myself or whatever. It's going to take a while to get, up to speed, right? And get all that feedback and you may kill yourself in the process, right? Where if all of a sudden, if you're in that car and you've got an instructor beside you, you've got, you know, a dial in front of you telling your speed, you've got signs on the road saying you should take this corner at 80 miles or 80 Ks or whatever you are over here. Um, You know what I mean? Like it's going to help you get up to speed much faster. And that's where coaches and things like the app and all that can help you. And then once you know how to drive, you could probably remove a lot of this. How often do we, when we're driving, look at our speedometer, look at our oil temp gauge, look at all totally. these gauges. We just get used to them yeah, yeah. and we know kind of it's a tertiary thing. If we need it, it's there. And that's kind yeah. of what I'm hearing from you about these devices. You talked about this dashboard. I love this dashboard analogy, Alex. What do you think is the dream dashboard in the next couple of years? Like, what does that look like to you? Somebody who's been exploring this digital and wellness space for a long time, is it a combination of any kind of biosignature on a readout or what is something that's actually going to make the consumer empowered and not overwhelm them when we look at a dashboard? Yeah, you touched on a, a key point there, like the overwhelming them. So I, right now, I think ideally there would be two, two dashboards. There'd be one for the advanced people like myself, maybe yourself and 
athletes and just biohackers, and then there would be a more simplified one. Now, as for what would be on that dashboard, it's crazy because what I'll say right now, like half of the things I probably didn't even know about a year or two ago, right? So I know in a year or two's time, I'm going to look back and be like, well, that thing's useless and this should be in here now. So anyway, I mean, what I'd love to see on that dash would be your sleep, like a breakdown with your sleep. Uh, Again, the average Joe who just wants to know the basics, maybe it's just total sleep time with with a rough sort of wake, deep sleep wake time. The more advanced person, they might see, and this is what the Aura does, by the way, they might see HRV throughout the night, respiration rate throughout the night, heart rate throughout the night, you know, all that sort of, all those sort of metrics plus your REM and all that. So, so the sleep one's huge. Yeah. I do like body temperature. I think body temperature tells a lot about the body, thyroid health, uh, and in particular, not just the number, but the changes, you know, day to day. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I haven't heard that being on a dashboard before. It's, um, it's something that's kind of not really spoken about in, in these circles. Like people get into heart rate, respiration rate, heart rate variability, but no one really talks about temperature. And so lately I've been learning a lot about thyroid health. Uh, I've had a lot of clients come to me with thyroid problems and I used to sort of brush it off like, oh, it's an adrenal issue, it's a gut issue, but I'm realizing now, like, if you can fix that metabolism and their thyroid health, it's quite an important player in the game. And um, so I've learned a lot. And looking at how your body temperature in the morning does a pretty good indication of your thyroid health. And in fact, there were doctors, you know, in the 60s and 70s who, you know, back when lab testing was quite expensive, they would just tell the patient to, to take the temperature every morning. I think they were taking an average. They'd take it three times a day and do an average. And from that number, they'd be like, all right, you're hypothyroided, uh, you know, and, and they could tell just straight from that data. And that's what doctors were doing, like back then. That was the original quantified self. Totally, right? And, and it's kind of weird because no one really does it anymore. So I've started doing that with myself and with my clients. And yeah, it tells a ton of data. Like, and again, it's the number you're seeing in the morning, but it's also the, the changes and trends. So I'm actually going off HRV. And we can touch on that later if you want. And instead, I, I put a lot more emphasis on body temperature. So that would be in the dashboard for both advanced and the basic people. And the advanced, maybe you're seeing temperatures throughout the day and throughout the night because that's interesting as well. But for the average Joe, it would just be the morning temperature. So that would be in the dashboard. What else would I put in there? I don't know. I mean, there'd have to be something around activity. Not that I'm you know, into the calories in, calories out sort of thing, but... I don't know. I think some form of movement is good. How about time sedentary versus active? Is that yeah. an important marker when yeah. we look at training load? Because, for example, if somebody's training an hour of intense exercise at a CrossFit box, Alex, or something like that, but then for 14 hours they're sitting at the desk, yeah. how much did that CrossFit workout really matter? Yeah, and I've read papers on that showing that you're better off just going for walks frequently throughout the day rather than doing that one big session at the end of the night, right? Yeah, yeah I, actually, I think that's a big one, and that is something that I'm looking at. Originally, it used to be like walk X amount of steps, like 8,000 steps a day. And, and that wasn't to burn calories or anything like that. It was just to keep people active because I did have clients and I do have clients who wake up in an apartment, they take the elevator down, they get a taxi or an Uber, they sit in the office all day and they go home. Like they literally do 1,000 steps, right? They sit so, so they can wait to sit again. Yeah. <laughs> so like some people still need that, you know, sort of nudge or the push there and um, seeing that data helps them. Oh, I need 1,000 steps. So it is important. But yeah, I agree like... Once the individual realizes, all right, well, I'm only doing a thousand steps my day, I'm going to do more. That's cool. But yeah, then I sort of look at more of the, when are you doing that movement? Trying to break up their day. And so for instance, myself, like I, I spent a lot of time at a computer. Unfortunately, I got out of the office job to get into fitness and now I'm back behind a computer all day. But I have like a kettlebell beside my desk mm-hmm. and I have 
a chin-up bar in my garage, right? So I use the Pomodoro technique, like 25-minute bursts and stuff. And, and every, every break, I'll just do a few swings or a few get-ups. So you're doing like little movement snacks. Yeah, this is yeah. what Dan Party's talked about. Yeah. So it's continuous movement. Would you say it's every hour for this continuous movement? So for my clients, I would say every hour because it's simple. With me, with how I work and structure my day, Pomodoro technique is a 25-minute burst, and then you have a few minutes off. So I've got a timer going, 25-minute ends. I'll typically do something in that 25, each 25-minute. 25 but however, if I'm deep immersed, you know, maybe in a podcast call or uh, research, sometimes I might go straight into another one. But for me, like, it's just seeing that kettlebell there, oh, I'll, just, I'll just do a few goblet squats or swings. Or going out to, like, I do a lot of gardening and stuff. Going out to the garden right next to my garden is, or the greenhouse is my chin-up bar. So I'll just do a few chin-ups. Or I'm waiting for my fiance to do it here while... I'm in the car and I'm like, I'll just do a few deadlifts, right? So it's just a movie. And, and I'm not saying that you have to do chin-ups and get all the tools. Right. It can literally be for an office worker, just walk down to the water cooler and back. You, you know, it's just to get up and move. Um, I don't think it's like end of the world type thing, but I do think it is important. And for most people, when they get the energy and they improve their health, all of a sudden, they want to move more anyway. So, And then that's when the fat loss comes. Because totally, you talked yeah. about this earlier yeah, in our conversation. Yeah. If we chase the health parameters, how do we optimize our health? The fat loss will come. But totally. yet, paradoxically, if you chase the fat loss, the health will not show up. So I loved where we've gone in this conversation, man. I do want to get your take on HRV. We had Jason Moore on the show with, oh, yeah. uh, with his course, Phenomenal Course. I'd love to get your explanation as we wrap the show here at Bulletproof 2017 Live. What do you feel that HRV looks like now compared to how it will impact health and wellness in the next couple of years? So I know Jason, good guy, and I use, I've used this app for a long time, many years. Like I was tracking HRV when I was bodybuilding, and I still wasn't really into health and everything, but I learned about HRV through some powerlifters, and I was going, oh, yeah, cool. I even used to have all my clients track it and measure it each morning. You know, I put a lot of emphasis on it. But I found a few issues. And, and now, again, as a performance athlete, as a biohacker, awesome tool, run it. For the mass market, maybe not quite ready yet. Or maybe... What would make it ready? So the problems I had with HRV was the inconsistency of tracking in the morning. So you had to get up, you had to put the strap on, you had to sync the app. I'd have connection problems some days. It's a lot of friction Oh, for man, totally, right? We've got to make this technology exactly, seamless right? and easy. So... The key thing with HIV is you need consistency in, in the data, in the monitoring. You always take it each morning. What happens if one morning you get up and you, you left your strap in the living room? So you've got to get up and move and put it on there. Whereas usually you do it in bed. That can eat into the data or like cause inaccuracies in data. What happens if one morning you wake up and you need to go to the bathroom? So originally I'd always be looking at the day-to-day changes and be like, oh, you've got to slow down. I soon realized, you know what? Let's forget about that, but I'm still going to look at the trends because hopefully those inconsistencies will wash out and you'll see the trends. And that, that was my approach for a while with most of my clients. And now I'm not even doing that anymore. I'm just like, you know what? If you're feeling better, if your sleep's better, if your temperature's on the, on the rise, then I'm happy. Now more of my advanced clients who want to go a little bit deeper, sure, we might tap into it and they'll, they'll use the advanced things. But it's, again, I don't want this to be a promotion of our aura, even though sure. we're hanging down the aura or a tent here. Um, hey, we're in the chill zone. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, so now the aura ring is measuring your HRV throughout night, like yeah. throughout nighttime. And they, so that's happening at a consistent time. Like we all sleep. You don't have to worry about doing anything or sinking anything. So it's giving a good 
average and a good number that everyone's getting if they got the aura ring. So for me as a coach now with my clients using the aura ring, great. It's another metric. Do I put a lot of emphasis on it? Not particularly. Should I? Probably. But I've just found for where I'm at and the clients where I'm working with, they don't quite need it yet. And what I'm hearing from you about this dream dashboard is there's two of them. There's one for the elite yep. pro, there's one for the everyday consumer, and we're looking at HRV sleep, temperature, and movement. Those are the things that people really need to pay attention to because those are the health parameters that'll give them that fat loss as a byproduct, man. I've really enjoyed where we've gone in this conversation, and I want to get your take on wellness. How would you define for Alex Fergus? What is your definition of wellness? I think here biohacking and everyone's into all these gadgets. I think that's great. But the deeper I go with all this and the longer I'm in this world, the more I realize like all of this is a distraction. It's, it's useful, but we don't need it, right? Like it's pretty simple at the end of the day. And that's where I'm going with my own health and even what I do with my clients now. Like, because I know you load them with too much, it can scare people off. And then all of a sudden they are doing all these things and it's like, oh, I just want to be healthy. So wellness, it should be very simple. It should literally be, you know, you feel good, you're disease free, you don't have aches and pains, you have libido like for a long time, you know, 70s, 80s, there's no reason why you shouldn't have libido at 70s, 80s and you're active, like you, you want to move, you don't force yourself to move, you don't force yourself to go to the gym, you go for a walk with the dog and the dog starts running around and you want to play with the dog, like if you're ticking those boxes, you want to move, you have libido and you feel good, like that's really all we're trying to do, right? Yeah. Like that's all these things are trying to do when you, when you stop and think about it. So, um, yeah, sure, you can have, you could, some people might say, oh, it's a great HRV with a good sleep score. But in reality, like, why do we want those things? We just want those things so we can look good, feel good, and uh, live a happy, healthy life, right? Man, Alex, it's been so fun to talk with you and just honestly get to know you and your work over the past year plus since I met you at PaleoFX. What are you most excited about for next year? What's going on? Where can people learn more about you? Give us the scoop on Alex Fergus. All right, so from a personal level, I'm getting married next year, so... Congratulations. High five going on there. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, hoping to buy some land and then build a bit of a healthy home in New Zealand. I'm really pumped for that. Like, I know a lot of people say building's stressful and it's going to be expensive and you know, it's going to be much longer before we get it's in there. It's a lot house. of movement snacks. Yeah, right. It's going to be fun and I want to raise a family in a, in a healthy environment. I know I'm going to learn a lot, which in turn will help clients to provide content. So it sort of taps into business there. And I'm excited for that. That's what's been driving me for the last five, six years. I mean, I think you asked yesterday, like, you know, what do you want and, and what's driving you? And I was yeah. like, I, I just want my own house without debt and be semi-self-sufficient, have my own food, have my own house car, have my own gym, um, have a massive library with all my books and have some time, you know, a little bit of cash, obviously, you need the cash. But that, that's what I want. And then you're like, well, what's driving you for that? And I was like, well, my children, but I didn't even have kids yet, right? Sure. But it's like, I just want this environment for them and so, yeah, I'm excited because I'm getting closer and closer to what I've been working on for, for a few years now. So that's exciting from a personal side. From a business side, oh man, to be honest, like I was up all night last night thinking, you know, do I get into podcasting? Do I get into the video logs? Do yeah. I disconnect from social media? Do I just write a book? Oh, so God knows what's going to happen, man. I, maybe I'll take up tennis and be a tennis coach. <laughs> next year. I've got no idea. But yeah, my yeah. blog, like I made it clear that it's alexvergas.com for a reason because it's what I'm learning and what I want to share. When I start building a house, you're going to see articles on there about like healthy f building materials. When I have a baby, no doubt you'll hear about baby formulas that are healthy. 
so it's just my life and what I'm learning. I'm sharing it with people. And it's great to do, uh, but yeah, maybe I need some business coaching as to how I do Well, this it. is what I appreciate so much about you, man. And this is why it's been so cool to get to know you, Alex. You are a continuous learner, my man. And at this intersection of physical and emotional, I feel like you are one of the guys who is actually doing the diligence to find what truly works. So thank you so much for what you do, man. Coming on the show, really enjoyed having you. That was great. It was really fun. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.